You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Well, hello and welcome again to the New Day of Hope broadcast with your host, Pastor Glennis Langley. And Helena Langley. Oh man, we are excited to join you one more time. You know, the Bible tells us that it's because of the Lord's mercies. That's why we are not consumed. Great is God's faithfulness. So my friends, this would be a perfect time for you to call a neighbor, call a friend, and let them know that the New Day of Hope broadcast is on the air. Encourage them to join and listen to the word of the Lord. You know, the word of God can transform lives. It can change us. It can make us over again, even today. So call a neighbor right now and let them join us on this broadcast. Amen. Today we want to share with you on the power of hope. The power of hope. You know, we are living in changing times. We live in a world today that is called the informational age and it's brought on by the computer and the internet and anything you want to find out you can go on the internet and you'll find out all about it if you want to learn to cook you want to learn how to do whatever it can be found on the internet it's an easy means to influence us and win us over in their way of thinking and living so if you're not careful you can be carried over because there's so much information on the internet that you just got to be careful in that respect our world is also a dangerous world and you know it I don't have to go into detail and tell you all about it we're living in dangerous times it is challenging for parents and for young people alike everything has to be done instantly we're living in a microwave society but that's not the way life is because you don't always have it like Burger King says have it your way Everything in life doesn't work that way. Amen and amen. So here's the question. Here's the question. Why are we all in such a hurry? To us, things have to get done right now. There is absolutely no time for us to even think. But listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse 8. Philippians 4 And verse 8, if you have a pen, you can write the scriptures down and go back to them later. But he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So we have to take time to think. That's why our world is so dangerous, as my wife said earlier. That's why we are so confused. That's why we have all the confusion that we are having, because we really have no time to think. We have no time to meditate. Look at Psalms 1 and 2. Psalms 1 and verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts, his teachings, he meditates and he does that day and night. You know, so 
We have to meditate on the word of the Lord, not only on Sunday morning at between 11 and 12. We have to meditate on the word of God constantly. The Bible is food for our souls. It's the living bread that we have to feast upon. So the word of God tells us that we must meditate on that food. We must meditate on that word that can transform lives. And we must do it day and night. That's how important it really is. So we have to make time to meditate. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse it, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be successful. I love that verse because it is telling us so much in this day and age. It is telling us a whole lot of good stuff. It will make our way prosperous because it's God's will for us to prosper both in our souls and in our own personal lives. You know, we cannot remain in that same stage we were years ago right? because God has promised to lead us and guide us. And he says, and then you will be successful. That's what the Word of God is telling to us. So we are in a hurry and we want everything done right now. We have no time to think. We have no time to meditate. And we have no time to read the Word of the Lord. And I just read that scripture to you. That this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So we really have to get with it, my friends. We have things to do. We have places to go. And there is absolutely no time for us to waste. Let me tell you that one more time. I said we have things to do. We have places to go. And there is absolutely no time for us to waste. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians 5 and verse 16. That's Ephesians 5 and verse 16. He says, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. The days are filled with evil, man. As you turn on the television to listen to the news, you see how evil our time really is. It is scary. It is scary. And so we have to make the most of our time by meditating on the word of the Lord, by staying close to the Lord. Recently, I was talking to my daughter and I said to her, you know what we all need to do is to draw closer to the Lord. And God himself tells us, draw nigh to the Lord and he will draw nigh to you. Then you will be able to resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. But I'm getting excited about this word because that word is true. That word is quick. That word is powerful. Glory to God. Amen. You know, my husband just talked about we have things to do, places to go, and there is no time. And the time that we have is to share Christ to a lost and dying world. And the biggest problem we have in the world today 
is that there are so many people who have lost hope, especially during this time. So many people are depressed. So many people are anxious. They are fearful. They are even giving up. But today we want to share Christ with you, letting you know that there is hope in Jesus. There are so many people who have problems. They are hurting. They have trouble. They have financial woes, family problems. And it seems like there is no hope. But i like to read to you what Psalm 42 and verse 11 says. It says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. David, who was a man after God's own heart, he was going through difficulties. He felt alone, and that's why he was talking to his soul, saying, why you cast down hope in God. So here is some encouragement for someone who feeling hopeless right now. I want to show you that there is hope, not in the things that you might think you can find comfort in, but the only hope you can have is in Jesus. Amen. So you know the scripture says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? And the answer came and says, Hope thou in God, for in the Lord Jehovah, glory to God, is our everlasting strength. Now, listen, my friends. Hope is one of the most powerful sustaining forces of life. I said, Hope is one of the most powerful sustaining forces of life. Listen to this. You can take a person's freedom. You can lock them up somewhere. You can take away their health. You can even take away their finances. But if their hope remains, listen carefully now, but if their hope remains, they will be able to endure the hardness as good soldiers of Christ. Because that's how important hope really is. It doesn't matter what they go through. But if their hope remains, they will be able to endure. When their hope goes, they crumble. Anybody, if your hope fades away, you crumble. Many people are losing hope today in the world. They look at conditions. They look at uh, society. They look at politics. They even look at religion and the things that are taking place and they have become despair. That is a sad situation. That's a sad case because we think of religion. It's a place where we should get comfort and we should get strength and we should get renewed hope. But sometimes we look at that and we see, man, that's not even working for some people. Many young people are just living for their next fix, their next rave, or their next drink, all designed to numb their pain. If you don't have hope, you are just going to live for the now and do all the wrong things, my friends. And that is true. If you don't have hope, you are just going to live for the now and you will do all the wrong things. Things. We need more than just something to give us a boost. We need a hope. And this hope we are telling you about is in God. If you go after the height, you'll get disappointed. You will lose hope. But if hope sustains you, you will make it through 
in this life, my friends. Glory to God, man. That's why we all need hope. Thomas Fuller said, if it were not for hopes, the heart would break. And Martin Luther said, everything that is done in the world is done by hope. That's a powerful statement. He meant everything that is worth something will come out of hope. You got to have hope. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. You must have hope. And you know, we often use the word hope in a very weak kind of way. We say things like, we hope the weather will be fine. Or, I hope I get the promotion. I hope you feel better. I hope I get an A in the class. And every day we use that word hope. It's tough to live or even make it through one day without hope. You wake up each morning and you got to say, today will be better than tomorrow. You have hope that it will be a brighter day. You cannot live in despair all the time. That's why you'll be depressed. You'll feel lonely because nobody wants to be around someone who is always talking negative. You got to have hope. And in the scripture, according to Hebrew and Greek, hope is an indication of certainty. It means expectation. It means trust or confidence. Hope is a strong and confident expectation. You are expecting something good to happen to you. You know, it's tax season and you say, oh, I hope I get back some money so I don't have to pay back. We are expecting something good and that's how we should live every day, having expectation. It's a sure certainty that God has promised in his word and whatever God said in his word, he will bring it to pass. He said, God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And will he not make it good and fulfill it? And that's Numbers 23, 19. Whatever God says, he will do. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot and will ever change his word. Whatever he promised, he will surely do it. And it will surely come to pass. Amen. Now, listen to this. Do you know that hope is the parent of faith? Ah, if you didn't know that, now you do. Hope is the parent of faith. Now, look at Hebrews 11 and verse 1. That's one of my favorite scriptures also. Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, faith gives substance to what we hope. Let me, let me say that one more time. Faith gives substance to what we hope for. So if we don't hope for things, we will not have faith for them either. If you do not hope for anything, you will not have faith for anything. Hope is also the parent of love. God is not only the God of love and the God of peace. He is the God of a hope. That's why we read earlier in, in the lesson that we must hope in God, not in man. Not in yourself, not in religion, but hope in God. Because in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. He wants us to be filled. In fact, to be overflowing with hope. You, do you know what it would mean that if all of us would be overflowing with hope, our world would be different. Our very own lives would be different because we are overflowing with hope that comes from God. Listen, man, 
Hope is important. Hope is powerful. But you know something, man? Hope can be killed. Hope can be killed. So the question is, what kills hope? You can lose hope. You can become hopeless. Many things can kill hope. We read in the scriptures of great people who at one time or another struggle with hope. Think about Abraham. Abraham failed to wait upon God's timing. If you're familiar with the story, you know God promised Abraham a son and Abraham could not wait. And he decided to take matter in, into his own hand. Sarah laughed because she thought it was impossible to bear a child in her old age. They did not wait upon God. They lost all hope and did their own thing because they did not wait upon the Lord. All right. We had the question of what kills hope. My wife was just talking about a few uh, people that give you the example. But look at Elijah. Elijah had just killed eight hundred false prophets and was afraid of one person and wanted to die because she was coming after him. I mean, you need to take time to ponder on this truth. I mean, the man had just killed 800 false prophets. He was proclaiming things that are contrary to the will and the ways and the mind of God. And now he was afraid of just one person and wanted to die because of one person that was coming after him. It is a problem when we are with what can kill our faith in this life. Amen. So that was fear. Fear can kill hope. Like any disease, the disease of hopelessness has symptoms. Did you know that? You are the only one who can diagnose if you have that disease, the disease of hopelessness, by asking if some of these symptoms are present in your life. You know, sometimes we go to the doctor and we may tell the doctor, well, we, I'm having these symptoms. And he can tell you, okay, this is exactly what's going on. He can diagnose, he can give the prescription that you need. But in this, in this area of hopelessness, you are the only one who can diagnose whether or not you have lost all hope. So you may ask, what are some of the symptoms of dying hope? What are some of the symptoms of dying hope? So we will just give you a few symptoms of dying hope. All right, so... We're talking about the symptoms of dying hope. First, if you observe, if you notice that there is a dullness that has come into your life. And don't tell me, man, that's not the case with many of us. Because all of us, at one time or another, in our Christian experience, has, has ha, had that dullness in us. You know, we, we were on fire for God last year, but, but now, for some reason, that there is a dullness that has come into our life. That's a symptom of dying. We also have a spiritual or emotional malice. It's like a sickness or a feeling of discomfort, uneasiness. It's like a pain or it's even like the first sign of an infection or other disease. That's what the word malice means. So these are some of the symptoms that you can experience. You can also experience a numbness. You just don't get excited about anything anymore. You know, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I think every child of God, every believer, 
ought to be happy. Like the song says, I sing because I am happy. I sing because I am free. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he's watching me. So, so because of all of that, I have got to be excited about the things of the Lord. It's, it's hard to believe. It's hard to have faith. You've tried it and it hasn't worked. It's hard to love. It's hard to trust. There is a coldness of heart that comes in your life. But listen, man, I came today to tell you, you can have these things taken away from you, man. If you just draw near to God, like I said earlier, God will draw near to you. So you, you also have the symptoms where it's hard to believe and it's hard to have faith. You tried it and it hasn't worked. It seems like you have just given up. You say, well, oh, I tried everything and it didn't work for me, so... I no longer have faith in that particular thing. It's hard to love. It's hard to trust. There is a coldness of heart. Sometimes whatever is going on within you, you might have had a friend and that friend probably had um, deserted you or you lost all trust in that person because whatever secret you share with them, they probably told someone else. So you have given up all hope with that person. There is prayerlessness. We don't pray much anymore because why? We have lost hope. These are some of the symptoms of a dying hope. And I pray that prayerlessness will not be one of the symptoms that you're experiencing because we need to pray at all times. We pray against hopelessness. We pray for strength because we know that if there is no prayer, then we have no strength. We become weak and we become vulnerable for the enemy to use us. So we don't want that to happen. That's why Jesus said, stay alert and pray. Otherwise, temptation will overpower you. So we do not want to fall into temptation. And that's why you must develop a prayer life. So these are just a few of the symptoms. If you recognize any of these symptoms present in your lives, then it could be that hope is dying. Listen, man. So if that's happening Next week, we will tell you what produces these symptoms in your life. Thank you so much, man, for joining us today. Trust you were blessed by the studying of the word of the Lord. You know, my friends, we never bring our broadcast to a close without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus wants to save you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Father and our friend, we thank you. And we praise you for your word. We know your words are true. We ask today that you will speak to the hearts of those who heard the word of God today. Those who do not know you, that you would bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ. For whom to know is life eternal. Have your way in our hearts and in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. And if you were challenged by today's study, we encourage you to reach out to us at newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook or our website. So until then, go on and be joyful in the Lord.